Are you looking for a great sci-fi read? If so, be sure and grab The Return by best-selling author Gabriella Balcom. Readers are calling it a thrilling ride that's fascinating and amazing. The world doesn't know about the compound hidden underground, and the wealthy investors funding it want things to stay as they are. It's 2030, and scientists have made numerous scientific advances. They use cutting-edge technology with their feline service units and human replicas, HRs as they're commonly known. However, most of the research being conducted in the facility is illegal. If animal rights activists had an inkling of what went on, they'd be clamoring for justice. Human rights activists would scream from the rooftops. More and more of the HRs are dying and they long for freedom. One of the top scientists isn't happy with the situation either. Tensions are mounting, and things are not as they appear. Other reader comments about The Return include, This is a thrilling ride. I hope there's a sequel. Man, it got me hooked. Best plot twist I've read in a book. You'll love this book. It had me on the edge of my seat. For more of Gabriella's works, check her out on Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle form. Vampire. Werewolf. Jinn. Phoenix. Shapeshifter. And Witch. They all came from somewhere. Six humans started the ritual. Six supernaturals walked away. But they left behind the one person who could destroy them all. Reese. Now she seeks vengeance on those who stole their power from her body. She seeks her children. For they will pay the ultimate penance. Available at MythMart.com, Amazon, Goodreads, and Barnes and & Noble. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Oppenheimer. Now I am become death, destroyer of worlds. <laughs> this is my public life as an American nerd. Welcome. I'm Kevin, and joining me today is my wonderful co-host, Mr. Christian Nicorda. How are you doing today, sir? I'm a boy. Uh, that's, a, that's a, a throwback <laughs> rock, reference rock show. to another podcast. <laughs> I'm a boy. <laughs> oh, I love it. And of course, you know, you know them, you love them. They've, they've both been on the show numerous times. And they're the, the amazing co-hosts of Geek Galaxy with Yam and the Boys, Yam and Nickish. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Doing I think great. I'm more of an Alan. 
You, I think I think you are more of an Ellen, and of course you are more of an Ellen. Yeah, I think so. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for checking out the show. Uh, in case you guys didn't already, we're all we're all still pretty pumped from our Barbenheimer weekend. It's been a crazy weekend, um, not just for us, but for the box office in general. The box office has seen a huge explosion with this phenomenon uh we'll talk about that a little bit uh christian is fresh back from his uh san diego comic-con experience um of course sag after still on strike so um it was an interesting year this year we're gonna hear just a little bit about that and then we're gonna be talking about uh some trailers that dropped this past week as well uh one specifically that i'm very excited to talk about that was on Oppenheimer. I don't think you can get it online yet. I think it drops online on Tuesday, but we'll discuss that. Um, and then we're going to be talking about Barbie and Oppenheimer. Uh, we're going to be giving our thoughts on them and our reviews. Um, as usual, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you could hit that like and subscribe button, that would be awesome. If you can also share the show, that would be incredible too. Helps us out a lot. But let's just dive in. Let's dive in real quick to the box office of these two juggernauts because. Both of these movies, so we haven't had a box office like this since Avengers Endgame. Like the the last time the box office was set on fire this much was when Avengers Endgame came out and took the world by storm. This weekend, Barbie, like these are some insane numbers. Barbie premiered to $155 million this weekend. That is incredible. That is insane. Greta Gerwig, she's like... We, we talked about this a little bit before, but like, you know, Lady Bird, Little Women, and now this, like she is solidly in A-list director territory now. Like this movie propels her to, to heights that like, she, you know, she's actually, I don't know if you guys are aware, but her next project, she's doing the, uh, she's directing the first two Chronicles of Narnia movies for yeah. which is really cool. Um after this, you know, she's she's even uh, I was reading a couple articles today about her wanting to her representatives were talking about how she's looking into bigger tentpole movies now because that's what she wants to do. Like she, you know, she's not, you know, she doesn't want to be seen as, quote unquote, this, you know, I hate to say this word, this girl movie director, you know, like she's really wanting to do all these other movies that everyone else is doing. And I think that's incredible. This movie's certainly going to help boost her to that level. Um we all saw it, and I think we all saw it to packed houses, right? Like mm-hmm. I know me, mm-hmm. Nick, and uh, Nickish and Yam saw it together, and Christian, you saw it, and it was pretty packed, right? A lot of pink, you said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was. Um, I, I know that I would say just from what I was sitting towards the back, so I could kind of see the audience. Uh, I'm just kind of keeping an eye on everybody walking in. I would say it was probably like ninety three to ninety six percent female walking in. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but even like all the dudes were everybody was in pink. You know what I mean? Like I kind of felt bad. I'm like, well, I feel like I'm I'm just like Oppenheimer at a Barbie movie. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was it was awesome. The energy in there was like electric. You can just I, like, the laugh that's the reason we go to the movies, right? Like that is 100 percent why we go to the theater, why we leave our comfy couch to go to the movies is to have experiences like we had at Barbie. Um, and it was, I know we had a lot of fun watching it. Like everyone was into it like there wasn't like us everyone was on board with the whole thing i saw everyone was laughing at the right time like it mm. it was just a perfect synergy with everybody and it was just an incredible feeling like i that's one thing i miss about the movies like we've 
you know, we've, we've had that, but like, I, I feel like Barbenheimer specifically has taken the world by storm, right? Like this whole thing started because, you know, Christopher Nolan leaves Warner Brothers. He goes to Universal. He pitches them Oppenheimer, which is a whole conversation. I would have loved to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> Just like this, this yeah. crazy thing. And then Warner Brothers, I don't, you know, nobody knows why or if it was any kind of retaliatory thing or anything like that. But they decide to release Barbie on the same weekend as Christopher Nolan's premiere for um, Universal or his debut for Universal. Um, but it became a cultural phenomenon. Obviously, we're all aware of the Barbenheimer, the memes and, and everything. And so many people took the plunge and did both on the same day. Like uh, Nickish and I did it. And I know Christian, you watched both uh-huh. within the same weekend. Um, but I, I like to call it our own little buttonomathon. You know, we like just sat through them and we didn't see them back to back, like right away, right? Like we had a little bit of a gap where we got lunch. We had like only though maybe two hours of a gap, which was yeah. you know a sharp turnaround for my popcorn tummy. Um, <laughs> but it was no, it was very good. I'm glad that we had that gap too, because my literally I was telling Kevin uh, I was getting real warm towards the end yes. of Oppenheimer. My legs were sticking to the seat, you know. I, was I felt the shorts. same way, and Dude, I was I like, felt, like sweaty by the end. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I'm yeah. getting a little sweaty, Freddy over here. It's time <laughs> to take a break. 100 yeah. and i was i was getting that too and to be honest i'm not even gonna lie it's probably one of the funnest movie days like i've ever had like just oh, yeah. being in the experience and being with the vibe and even oppenheimer like it was very it's not a movie you go to have fun in right like it's right. a movie you go to enjoy maybe not have fun but uh, uh even the vibe in there was pretty like everyone was on the same page like there wasn't any laughing at all which no. was good like which is not what we want. I think there was a couple, there's a couple scenes in there that brought out a chuckle, but yeah, like, there's yeah. like, you know, nothing crazy. It's, it's Christopher Nolan. You know what you're going to get. There's um, a time where um, Robert Oppenheimer grabs his guitar and he starts serenading Florence. <laughs> and he sings his Matchbox 20 song. <laughs> there was yes. that time though. I told Kevin uh, that there's going to be a bunch of sex scenes. And every time they happened, I would just turn to him and go, whoa, loud enough for the theater to hear. <laughs> um, yeah but they unfortunately were quite sad and not as you know sexy yeah unfortunately <laughs> not 100 um and yeah and uh speaking of box office oppenheimer brought in 80 million dollars this weekend which is unheard of when you have a movie coming out that brings in 155 million and for something to debut right beside that at 80 million like that's that is insane. So um, I know people are talking about this, but let's let's talk about this for a second since yeah. we're talking about the box office. Do you think these movies would have made this number, these numbers, if it wasn't for the whole Bob Barbenheimer thing? Like no. if these movies no. released on no. their own? No. 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 I, well, I think Barbie, Barbie would have. Barbie would have. You think, think Barbie would have done $150 million, like or whatever the number. Yeah, I think I Barbie might have done a little bit lower, unfortunately. I still think mm-hmm. it would have been a little bit lower. I think it would have been. I think the girly pop aspect of it, and mm-hmm. it really sold to, especially I think Gen Z. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think Oppenheimer would have done nearly as good. No. It's a biopic, no. you know. Yeah. It's like yeah. at the end of the day, that's what it is. And 100%. so the only thing, and it's like this is it's not anything either their marketing teams planned. Barbenheimer. It was just they. It was just both the movies being there, and then through word of mouth or just through people, it was like, oh my gosh, what if we do both, right? Like Barbenheimer would be so fun, and people do it. People are doing it now, and so yeah, Oppenheimer would not have made the money without Barbie. 
I, but like, I, Barbie, I agree 100 percent put the work in yeah. too mm-hmm. you know like they made sure everyone wanted to see this movie. Yeah, I, I do love. I've seen some interviews where the actors have, or, or you know, producers, directors have addressed it, and they're like, "I love it. I think it's so much fun." You know what I mean? Because yeah. I mean, why would anybody be against this? You know what I mean? Like, it, this is a win-win for everybody. I love that it was, and I saw this as a tweet. I love that it was like Barbie and Oppenheimer, not Barbie versus Oppenheimer. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, it was like this really nice, like, cultural thing of just like, "We'll go see both movies." You know, mm-hmm. like that. I love the the cooperation of that i was going to ask you guys uh if you maybe had the numbers or looked at the numbers for mission impossible <laughs> i have not so okay yeah i i, I have not i i I'm, I'm i actually like the mission impossible movies i think me and christian mm-hmm. talked about those. i haven't actually watched this one yet though and i think that's part of the problem right like i should be really excited to watch mission impossible but I'm not <laughs> because especially when you have things like Oppenheimer and Barbie yeah. happening, like who's going to pay attention, but I have seen those numbers and it's pretty sad. I, I saw it last week. Uh, so I, I knew once Barbenheimer dropped, I wasn't going to have time or like think about mission impossible. So I, during the week I saw it, it was good. I think I still like the last one, um, like fallout or whatever that one was called um, better. Henry Cavill with his, with his, with like, his arms. Yeah. His arms. <laughs> um, arms. Yeah. Um, but this was this was really really good. Um, there was some really good performances. Uh, Palm Clementi, I don't know how to say her name. She was really good. Uh, yeah, Palm uh, Clementi. Uh, and then um, oh, I love her. Peggy Carter. I don't know her name either. God. Oh, Haley Atwell. Haley Yeah, she was fantastic. Uh, she was so much fun. Uh, not what you thought. I, what I thought she was going to be. Um, overall, it was it was good. It was fun. It was mm. a very fun, serviceable action movie. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, but yeah. The. No. Go ahead. No, that's it. Yeah. No, I was going to say that, yeah, the box office isn't like, you know, this is one of those those times where it's like, we're, just like you said, um, Nickish, like it's not Barbie versus Oppenheimer. It's I think the stories tomorrow are going to be Barbie and Oppenheimer save the box office yeah. like they like blew it out of the water. And I think those are the two movies that, that we can thank for still bringing us quality stuff to go watch. And um I, I think it's it is really interesting to think about that though because we're living in a year where like indie like doesn't have a huge opening you know Transformers doesn't have a huge opening all of these movies like these big DC movies are failing and then Barbie right mm-hmm. like we're living in a world where where Killian Murphy has a bigger opening weekend than The Rock has ever had you know what I mean yeah. that's kind of crazy to think about one hundred percent you know um, and I I think that's a really good sign because I think that shows like what audiences are are really kind of in the mood for these days you know what i mean and i i also think for the superhero stuff y'all gotta step up your game you know what i mean they I do think, you know like we, we've been around we, we've seen these like over and over and over again so if you're not literally if you're not like reinventing the wheel then i, I kind of just i'm not in the mood for another superhero thing and especially so. with how good these two movies looked mm-hmm. as just like the practical applications in both oh of them Barbie yeah. used a lot of the old school hollywood mm-hmm. practical applications it ran out of Per pink paint, like yes, pink and like those like plastic sets look so real, but it was also like this like crazy silly movie. So I'm like the Flash, bro. Like yeah, I'm watching PS2 graphics Ugh, in yeah. a movie that costs so much money, and I don't yeah. know how, but I walk away from the uh, Barbie screaming with a, a screening with a uh, Flash bucket from Regal Cinemas because I ordered a large. 
and I think they were just trying to get rid of them. So I oh walked out God. with it. Uh, I was yeah. I was really upset because I was on Twitter today and I saw people, a line of people with their Barbie buckets and their Barbie yeah, cups. They s- sold out. And quick. I'm so mad because I want a Barbie bucket and a Barbie cup to have forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think uh, like Christopher Nolan, like, he literally like reproduced a, a, a blast, like an atomic bomb blast without you. Like you can't tell me that Marvel doesn't have the, 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 the money to do, you know, really cool practical stuff, you know, like it's insane. So yeah, superhero movies are going to have to step up their game, but I kind of speaking of box office, I kind of want to get your guys's opinion on this one, because this has been one, a story that's been going on for two to three weeks now very political so i'm not going to get in too much into the weeds about yes let's talk you know exactly what i'm talking about christian the sound of freedom let's talk about the sound of freedom briefly because they are so not only are there these QAnon whack jobs out there doing their thing with it but they they have this program in place that is you know, you buy you 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 can go to a website and you can purchase a ticket to let someone who cannot afford a ticket to go watch this movie. So this movie's been at the top of the box office for like since it came out three weeks um, because of people using that system, right? So they're essentially fluffing the system so that their movie is continuously at number at the top of the box office. Yeah. Um, and this is something I've mentioned before like the the plot of the movie and the story of the movie is super super important, right? Like it is one of the biggest issues of our time. And I get that. And I'm, I'm, I'm super, super, it, it makes me, it's, it's a tragedy and it makes me sad every time I think about it. Um, but this movie goes down these wormholes, you know, especially after reading like the producers and all these things, it's just this big web of just like, it just doesn't seem uh, very, very savory at all um, for what the movie's supposed to be about. Um, what do you guys think of that? Like model, right? Like, so like, Obviously, we're not going to make that model for like MCU movies, right? Where you can buy a ticket for someone and they can go watch the movie. But do you guys think that that's even like a fair game for them to be able to do? Like, is it? It just seems insane to me. Like, I I don't know. I I feel like it's just playing numbers so that they can make money and they can be so that this movie can be successful, even though it's not as successful as it is. What are your guys' thoughts? My exact thought is this. If there is a system that can be manipulated they to have- cater to a white, alt-right, neo-fascist, neo-Nazi mm-hmm. party, they're going to find that system and exploit it to, you know, capitalize on whatever, you know, if they want more of their movies to succeed, I'm sure they're going to try to do that. And mm-hmm. I'm not shocked that they would do something that stupid. Yeah. Uh, or you know maybe it's generous uh <laughs> um, but i could definitely see this being a problem in the future mm. of uh certain studios who maybe don't want to meet certain standards uh but yeah. do like money might cater to certain groups that uh Oppenheimer should have uh, blown up when he had the chance yes. 100% <laughs> uh christian what do you think uh i it's it's like the, like seeing the line for Chick Fil A or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like these, I I don't I don't just I don't care who gives a shit. These conservatives are so good at like rallying and like support, showing support. And you know maybe 
maybe that's something that uh, on the left we can like be better about too but who cares this I, i'm not gonna back somebody just because you know they're they're on my side if they're wrong they're wrong like that's i think that's that's my opinion i'm the same way so but that being said it's it's kind of adorable and it's ridiculous like it's such a dog whistle movie like i get it i know it's really serious and it's really important but like did you have like a huge conspiracy theorist like QAnon dudes like making the movie you have that guy directing it you've got you've got Cabezal Cabezal yeah who is like an out like you know QAnon dude so it's just like it's such a crazy thing that that's and it's like super low-key because if you're not paying attention you don't know you like like you know we know this because we're paying attention to the box office and stuff but like I don't think the general like you would if you bring up the title of that movie like people would be like what you know what I mean like I didn't see a trailer. I wouldn't have even known about that movie if it wasn't about all the news. So, yeah. uh, but they've managed to get this like in the middle of like the summer of 2023, like the number three box office movie. So cool, whatever. <laughs> um, uh, kind of related to that. I don't know if you guys are seeing the controversy on or saw it this week on TikTok with Colin, your mom, the, the guy who's the He's kind of like a bigger guy. And no, like does yeah. all the things. So, wild face right yeah chris is doing a wild face (laughs) yeah that i'm only doing because i know only three people can see um (laughs) um but yeah so he like broke the picket line um for a conservative studio that said that they're going to do something outside of the the hollywood machine uh and said some wild stuff and clearly doesn't know how Hollywood or movies are made. Um, and he was like, I like Veritas movies. I don't like movies like Avengers or Jurassic Park. I like movies like Schindler's List. You know, like, indep- I'm like, first of all, you said Jurassic Park and Schindler's List that were made by the same person it's in the same, same year that are written by WGA writers and was all sad. So like, don't talk about like, pretend like you know what you're talking about, you fool. Um, whatever, I don't know. I That's really, really fun. Uh, and really interesting. It's hilarious. So if you guys want to take a deeper dive, you can jump on TikTok. Yeah, that's. Um, it's I mean, very... we kind of talked about this yesterday too, right? I mean, we we talked about certain creators we know who are. I mean, you know, they're influencers on TikTok, and so they're kind mm-hmm. of teetering this line of becoming a scab. And yeah. uh, a oh. lot of them don't seem to care. Yes, but you know, I think if you know if an influencer becomes a scab, you know, they're pretty goofy for that. <laughs> yeah a lot, they, them, uh, a lot of them are more conscious too uh the other half of them are much more like guys like stop you know like yeah. these are the rules we need to abide by yeah yeah they're like, like you don't have content to make you're not going to have any content to make for a while nope. so. for a very long time and i think that's one thing uh an important issue is going on right now obviously psych after still on strike so still support those people uh don't scab um we don't nobody here on this podcast gets paid for anything we don't uh we have day jobs like we have day jobs we have to suffer oliver and company style on the side (laughs) yeah (laughs) we found this microphone and we took it from a radio exactly Yes. And we don't, we don't get paid. We don't go to red carpets. We don't go to premieres. We don't, the studios honestly probably don't even know we exist, which is fine. Um, so we could talk about movies and stuff and you can too, like, don't, don't be afraid to like post your reviews on, on all these things. You know um, it's when you're starting to get paid, when you're an influencer, when you're starting to, these studios are paying you. And this is another issue that they've brought up recently uh, cosplay at uh, comic cons. Right. So yes. Christian, you had brought up that there weren't a lot of Barbie uh, cosplay at Comic Con this year, but uh, I'm I, I'm hoping 
that that's because they're they're sticking by the guidelines set by SAG after like any cosplayer, you know, they ask, you know, not to be, especially influencers, not to be promoting current projects at Comic-Con. So like dressing like Barbie or you know, Oppenheimer or whatever, like, you know, doing those kind of cosplays, they don't want you doing that's considered scabbing because you're acting, you're pretending to be somebody else. Um, so that was actually kind of good to hear that there wasn't a lot of it. I'm sure there was probably a some, right? Was there yeah. at all? There, yeah, no, there were some. there were some like when when I made that statement, it was just more of like how much I saw at the movie. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, like, okay, okay. You know, compared but, to Comic Con, but gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah. So just just be careful what you do out there. Like you know, like I said, we're still allowed to talk about movies. We're still allowed to you know do all this stuff. And um, so go to entertainmentfund.org, um, donate to them because they they really really need it. Go back and listen to last week's episode if you haven't yet. Or me and Christian, we talk about it in depth about the strike yeah. and everything like that. So, um, so I want to talk about a couple new trailers that I don't know if you guys got the chance to saw that released this weekend. So the first one is the new trailer for the Marvels. I don't know if you guys got a chance to check this one out. Have you guys I seen, haven't it? seen it yet? No. Okay. I, um, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I Did you see it? Nickish? I mean, I saw, I saw like okay. half of it. I, whenever <laughs> I see a trailer, I always go, Oh, new trailer. Nice. And then I'm like, wait, do I want to watch this? Ah, yeah, I know. and I like look away real fast and then I get distracted. I think so. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, obviously, if you guys want to watch it. But I thought it looked like a lot of fun, to be honest. I I like WandaVision. I like Miss Marvel. I like Captain Marvel. Like it kind of brings all those together in a really cool way. Uh, I'm really I'm I listen, I've been. I haven't been excited about anything Marvel lately. Like I still haven't even watched secret invasion, like any of it, which is something I would have watched like every night, every day it comes out. Um, but this one, I'm not saying it's revigorating my interest, but with Nia DaCosta at the helm, you know, she's, I, I think she's a great, I loved her Candyman. I thought her Candyman was really, really well done. I'm really excited to see what she brings to the table, especially with Kevin Feige coming out and actually saying like, she was too nerdy on set. Like there are things he was suggesting, but like, she knows these characters front and back. And she was like, no, I can't do that. Like <laughs> this has to stay like this, like, like, and that gives me hope. Um, but yeah, uh, Christian, you watched it. What did you think about it? Uh, I think it's really interesting. It feels like the wildest swing that Marvel has taken with their movies. As far as like this isn't, correct me if I'm wrong, Nick and Ram, you guys probably know better than me, but is this based on like a comic like series? Like the whole thing um, of them using their powers yeah. and them switching? Like No, no, that I think is an, uh, an OG idea. Right, which yeah. I, I think is it's, that's, it seems pretty inspired. I think that's, it's risky too, because I think there's a big reason why why people love these characters and uh, do like we've talked about this before like making a, a wild change like just like miss marvel's power set actually fundamentally yeah. changes her as a character so i'm really interested to see what they're doing like what this is all leading to it does look like a lot of fun um i can't say i'm like super super stoked it for it i think the last superhero mm -hmm. movie that i was going to be stoked for this year was spider-man and guardians um and i think after that by the way not to change the subject because we're going to stay on subject oh. it, i think it's fucking crazy that aquaman is like what a yeah. month or two away and we still haven't seen a trailer what yeah. is happening but anyway anyway no that's insane yeah um i'm psyched for the marvels it's probably my most anticipated marvel project 
like MCU project of the upcoming year. Yeah, me too. Um, I will say that this is my most excited project that I'm excited for that I expect to absolutely fumble at the box office. <laughs> Unfortunately, because yeah. of sexism, yes, racism, uh, you know, colorism. There are people. All the isms. There are all there are people when the trailer dropped. People were like, there's a, there's someone, someone on TikTok talking about the trailer, like, oh my God, it's great. And then someone commented, saw it, it was trash, not worth your time. Oh, and it was like, the movie's not out and you're already exposing yourself. Ass hats. Like, what is your issue? Oh, wait. And then on top of that, it's also, I don't trust Marvel to do marketing no. well anymore. Right. I don't trust Disney. Not even Marvel. Let's, you know, putting it's Kevin Disney. aside, not you, Kevin. Kevin, thank you. <laughs> Uh, we're you, gonna, Kevin, you're yeah, perfect. Kevin. Yeah, you're perfect. Thank you're you. Doing great. Thank you. Big, big Kevin, we'll call him. <laughs> putting, Dumb Kevin. Putting big Kevin aside, uh, Marvel, uh, DC, DC, uh, Disney does not do marketing well at all. No. Um, Historically, monster, monstrous time. people, and I do believe they'll let this crash and burn just like they let Captain Marvel crash and burn. Yep. And, and Black Widow. And, and, Black, and Widow. Black Widow. Yeah. I'm certain yeah. that that's the case here. And on top of that, Putting all that aside, there are three Disney Plus shows that you would have had to see to fully understand yes. what is happening in this movie. One of which I haven't seen. Uh, you know, I haven't watched any of Secret Invasion. Um, yeah, I haven't either. Then you got, oh, you know, WandaVision and you've got Miss Marvel. And I don't know how much of the general public is into that. Um, because, like I said, I haven't even seen Secret Invasion and I'm a nerd. Um, so, so psyched i love these characters it looks like a great idea looks cool you know fun time good times great actors uh it's not gonna do very well i don't think it'll make 20 dollars based on all of us going on a tuesday it will and that's that's tragic and i hope it does make more um but we'll see what happens uh the whole Disney side of it is a whole other subject that I'm willing to broach on another podcast because that's going to take a whole episode and it's a rant. <laughs> and I'm not talking about just the, the Disney Plus stuff. I'm talking about the parks. I'm talking about everything. Yeah. That'll be coming up very, very soon. I'm um, uh, Yeah, go ahead. So just, I, I, I think, you know, I brought up like the whole thing about um, Aquaman 2, which I find really crazy. So they've, they've gone through three reshoots. It's like the budget yes. is insanely like inflated now. Um, and I don't know. So there's this website that they they very accurately predict like the opening weekend um, numbers, um, like with within like a really small margin. And they're predicting Blue Beetle is going to open to 12 to 17 million. Oh, yeah. Blue Beetle is um, going to be which buried. is buried like nothing. Yeah. And apparently like, you know, the thing is, a lot of the execs were saying that this is a good one, guys. And they're they're kind of toting this as this is the new. They said that about the Flash. They said that exactly. They said it about the Flash. The other problem is they're using Blue Beetle as like this is our this is our first DCU movie, right? This yeah, is our it's... new universe. Um, yeah. And it's like, ew. Um, no, not have one. you guys seen the the Blue Beetle marketing campaign? No, uh, what is some of it. So this is a big thing online, and if you're a DC fan, especially. Can I, um, can I just, I just want to take a moment here. I love Blue Beetle. Oh yeah. Oh, the character is great. Yeah. He's yeah. my little, he's my, he's my little, he's one of my little guys, you know, <laughs> I have like this, I have, I love, I have like a, my handful of favorite characters. I have like my DC babes, Stan, we love, and then mm. I have my little guys. 
it's Blue Beetle and and Wally, but he's not so little. And also Impulse, <laughs> like I have my little guy, basically anything on Young Justice, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About it. Justice boys. You know, I just want to protect them, make sure they're good, make sure they're okay. <laughs> All right, now tell me about the marketing. Uh, so the Blue Beetle campaign has been so poor, like the the uh, Twitter has not posted a thing in months, you know, kind of thing since the first teaser. And like, it's literally, they're not putting any money into this marketing, not even the interns are on this thing. And so the fans have taken their own like swing at doing Blue Beetle marketing for it. And so they keep creating all of these fake ads for Blue Beetle, (laughs) like they did like the Blue Whopper. And it's like, oh, yeah, I've seen those. And they've been posting like all of these like fake trailers. And they're like using like the quotes from The Flash where they'll be like, Tom Cruise says he saw Blue Beetle and it was the best movie. (laughs) And like it's gotten so big that like actual news publications have accidentally posted these big ads on like big screens in like Times Square. They accidentally did better marketing than the actual team behind at Warner Bros. That's crazy. Uh, That's great. Which sucks because it'll probably be a good movie. And if it wasn't uh, touted as this movie, that would be like the first DC. You, I'm certain they would have also ripped it like Batgirl. Yeah. Um, what a bummer. 100%. Yeah, uh, that is a bummer. <laughs> no, for real. So yeah, there's there's that one coming out. Um, so let's talk about the other trailer that I'm very very excited for. Um, this one caught me by complete surprise because I knew it existed. I knew it was coming out. I know David Gordon Green was behind it, and he also recently did the Halloween trilogy for Blumhouse. Uh, Christian, I don't know if you got this trailer or not on your print of Oppenheimer, um, but they released the first trailer for uh, Exorcist Believer, no. uh, which is um, yeah David Gordon Green's next. Um, Blumhouse project, his supposed supposed trilogy, um, kind of much like he did with Halloween. Um, I really, really like his first Halloween movie, and I actually really, really like Halloween Ends. I thought that was really well done. The Halloween Kills was just, it was, it was crap. Um, but this looks. I wasn't sure what I was watching at first, and then you hear the music, and then you see the possession and it's not just one girl this time it's two girls um it's got aaron burr in it that's what i know i always forget his name um, he came back to life just for this was like, aaron <laughs> his burr. Um, oh, what's his name yes yes there you go no, it's it's a, he'll always aaron be aaron burr, burr. <laughs> like, he's amazing he's the one doing the possessing the little yes. girls are like i'm gonna get that dollar yep. bill <laughs> um it's got um uh the mom from the first from the original exorcist is coming back it's working as a sequel to the first film that's crazy um, see like pictures of like Reagan and stuff like that when she was a little girl. I don't know if uh, she's going to come back or not, uh, which who knows, but um, I'm a huge, I love the exorcist. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Still can't read the book for the life of me because the book is absolutely terrifying, Um, but I'm excited for it. Um, I think it looks good. It comes out around Halloween time. Be a good, perfect time for it to release. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and I'm kind of surprised you didn't get it with your, um, so plan. no and here's another thing too that i'm gonna say this is like one of those wild things since we talk about movies on this there there are a handful of movies that i feel super guilty that i've never seen they're like considered american classics and i'm just not <laughs> i also nice. have a feeling i'm not the only person here who has not seen the exorcist no. i've never seen it it that well, was like who else here do you think hasn't seen the exorcist christian 
Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> do, do you have what, what was your opinion of the movie? This the ten times you've seen it. What, what, what do you think like about Bodhi's arc in the Exorcist? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, you got me. I also have not seen the Exorcist. No, I, I, re, I, you I could think not that pay was... me to see the Exorcist. <laughs> Thank you. I think if there was ever a movie throughout my childhood that were like, I, I will. I'll sign a contract that I'll never watch it. It was The Exorcist. That the idea of that, I, mm. like those weird childhood fears that you have, like like quicksand. Like mine was exorcisms, like being possessed. Like possession was growing up, like Catholic, super Catholic. Yes. of course I was yeah. going to be super scared of possession. Yes. So yeah, exorcist was not on my. My biggest fear growing up was sharks. Sharks. I just my parent my uh, my grandma always tells me stories about my parents. Some for some reason they took us to see a re-release of Jaws at the drive-in, and she tells us these stories about every time we go to the beach after that. When me and my sister were little, we wouldn't leave our blanket, like our beach blanket, and I was terrified. And um, Jaws is a horror movie, like it's mm-hmm. a horrifying movie. Um, that affected you because of your Catholic upbringing. It did, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But that's why the Probably exorcist... like a religious trauma with sharks. <laughs> that's why the Exorcist worked so well for me too, because you know, grew up Catholic and like had all mm-hmm. those things, and that's why it like te- it scared the live like it scared the crap out of me. Still, one of the scariest movies of all time. Um, the book has these really great subtexts. We're like. I've I started reading it actually I didn't start reading it till a couple years ago because I was like I just kind of want to I found a used copy I'm like I'm gonna check it out um and I started reading it and like while you're reading it it's not very scary I'm like reading I'm like what why is everyone so scared of this that night I went to sleep I had like the scariest dreams I've ever had in my life like the for like the next week I literally like had to put the book away. Like it's in my closet somewhere because I'm not touching it. It's like this little paperback, uh-huh. an OG copy too, from like when it was first printed. And um, yeah, it's just super old, super creepy. Um, I don't think I'll ever finish it. But. I feel like there's something super like primal about like it's some. I, I was born and raised Catholic. I consider myself now to be an atheist. I don't know why I'm so Same. afraid of it. Like I don't Same. know why. Like I don't believe. I, I'm a, I'm a very skeptic. Like I I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in like demons. But I still will like one of my favorite quotes from my favorite TV show, King of the Hill. Um, there's this episode with Cotton, um, Hank's dad. Um, and there's a a guy there who was like who was a former like reverend or like a, a and he was like he's like I don't believe in God, but I know one thing's for sure: that man's going to hell. Um, and that was like one of the funniest <laughs> lines to me. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I I don't know why I get so fearful about that stuff. No, still. I feel the same because I I always consider um and I would consider myself something I don't really know what, but my, you know I've come from a Salvadoran family they're Catholic and uh, I was raised Christian, so there's a lot of these beliefs instilled in me and so like we weren't allowed to watch the X and it wasn't like we weren't allowed it's the fact that my mom was. Mm-hmm deathly afraid of oh yeah movies, which was wild because she loves scary movies and it was just demonic possession that freaked her out she didn't want to touch that with the, she's a latina she's not going to touch that with the ten yeah. pole you know yeah. she's like i'm not going to deal with this i'm not going to invite that into my house and then eventually when i was teenagers when i started to watch these movies um but uh what was i saying i, I get where you're coming from christian because i feel like even if you completely remove yourself you still have respect for certain people who do believe in these things. And like, I can respect somebody who has a completely separate religion, believes in these crazy things and, you know, a different country that I would have never heard about. But if they're like 
yeah, there's spirits in that house and we have to cleanse it with this ritual. I'd be like, oh, damn, for real. Like, it's like, we're going to do that. Do you believe in that? It's like, I don't know, but that guy believes in it pretty strong. So I'm going to like respect him and I'm going to fucking cleanse that house. You know, maybe he knows something I don't. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, if it happens in a movie where it's like, oh, you don't really believe that, do you? It's like, are you so sure about believing in it? that you like Bingo. are you gonna take that chance yeah hold on let's take a minute you're being really rude right now you're being disrespectful yeah. Wait, like if someone's saying it let's maybe take it seriously mm-hmm. like i i don't necessarily outright believe in ghosts but i'm also not going to spend the night at like uh, an abandoned insane asylum by myself you know yeah. what i mean like, <laughs> i'm still not inviting mm-hmm. it yeah, um, yeah. I, so I, I think you guys all kind of mentioned that like we have like a little bit of Catholicism in your backgrounds like yes. um and I, I think that's Ooh. kind of like yeah it's it's a crazy thing growing up Catholic if you listen to this and, and you don't know much about Catholicism I think the best way that I can sum up Catholicism in two words is guilt and shame I think that's like 100 percent like really to feel shitty look at what you've done with your life and why you should feel shameful about it and like you know every little thing you're like apologizing because god's always watching um i my aunt went through a little like santeria for a couple of years so i don't know if you've gotten through like that aspect of catholicism like that is such yeah it's fascinating to me though like it's it's essentially like it's it's essentially catholic voodoo essentially right like it's it's uh even voodoo in of of itself is a christian uh thing this is just the, the antithesis of that i guess so like naturally i think there's a lot of like superstition that's kind of ties into uh catholicism but like santeria is like the like actually worshiping statues like leaving food offerings on like baby jesus statues and stuff Um, so i remember having to go to her house all the time and then we would do like rosaries over and over and over again there mm -hmm. was one shout out jason i love you i haven't talked to you in a long time my cousin jason also same last name in the quarter (laughs) we were like in the front we were maybe like eight and like nine and we're praying and then at some point he like elbows me and I look at him and he gives me the fucking look. We're in the middle of a prayer. He looks at me, smiles, and then just like closes his eyes and you just hear and like he just farts. And then <laughs> we cannot stop laughing. <laughs> cannot stop laughing. We got dragged out by our ears. Um, it was funny because all, all the dads were in the other room watching TV because they weren't having the century of shit. Um but yeah, I, I those it was it was a real wild time and my, my aunt grew out of it. I don't know why I'm Talking yeah, about. no, no, absolutely. And so, yeah, so The Exorcist comes out October 13th, I believe. So definitely go check it out. It's start of David Gordon Green's new trilogy. I'm very excited to see it. And uh, Can we talk about another trailer? Trip. Can we talk about The Creator? Have you guys seen that trailer? Oh, yeah, please. The um, Creator, yeah, yes. Well, go yeah. for it. What's so, The Creator? Since we're speaking about God, let's talk about The Creator. Oh, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, so it's Gareth Edwards. He redirected... Um, uh, Rogue One, which I, I like, was my favorite Star Wars movie of the last how many years. Um, it's a hard sci-fi movie. I think this is something for like for those of you that are into sci-fi, like it could should be exciting for you. Because um, I, I always hear like people talk about like why don't we ever see like you know I think we saw it with District Nine. Like District Nine, I think was a really close like hard sci-fi where we see like super like yeah stuff. But like this kind of is embracing everything, and then it also asks the question of like. W- what does it mean to be alive? Like, you know what I mean? At what point does like a sentient AI become like a, a, a person? You know what I mean? Like, uh, and, and I think it's really interesting. There's a lot of like really talented people in there. So the visuals on that movie look gorgeous. I'm like really, really excited for that. So, but did you guys get that trailer? Um, 
I, I think we didn't get it, uh, neither of our showings, but I have seen it. Uh, the, I think yeah. I saw it in like Joyride too. <laughs> like Joyride, yeah. they had it. Oh, yeah. what a movie to see that for. Yeah, right. <laughs> movie i got it for i have it must have been asteroid city because that was the last one i saw mm. okay i'll say i'm mm. like barbie's the most before barbie i can't remember the one i've seen it's been months since i've been to the movies so yeah mm. so i think asteroid city was when i saw it yeah i think i saw it in front of that too it, it looks crazy um i'm i'm excited for that so yeah that's coming out soon uh, john david washington like mm-hmm. He's doing some really cool stuff. Yeah. Like what he does. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk about uh Barbenheimer real quick. Let's kind of wrap it up with with that. We'll talk about kind of what we thought we, we thought about them. Um, if you guys want some like actual like some a lot of thoughts on it, go check out the new episode of Geek Galaxy. That one's there. Um, go check it out. We talk, we we go pretty far in depth on both the movies on that one. So certainly check that out. But We'll give some basic thoughts here. Um, so let's start with Barbie because I think Barbie's the one. I, Barbie is the one we're all super excited for, right? Like that's the one that turned out to be the just the most enjoyable, the funnest one of the weekend. Um, so whoever wants to start, let's just give our quick. Let's give our thoughts about Barbie. What did we think about Barbie? Um, Greta Gerwig, Greta Gerwig uh, succeeds again. Yes, that's this. <laughs> okay, no, fair. <laughs> Um, if I will say, if you think you're going to go in for a comedy, I don't know why you did. Don't think that <laughs> it is funny, but mm-hmm. like, just don't think it's going to be like, oh, it's such a fun. It is a fun movie. It is everything. It has, it has comedy. It is drama. It will make you think about life. You'll want to call your mom. Like it, it will make you think I'm going to live my life to the fullest right now, mm-hmm. you know, and it, you know, and maybe you'll cry a little bit, um, in the middle of the movie, after the movie. Uh, when you when you wake up um, the next day after you've seen the movie and then when you're telling your friends to go watch it and they say you can't they can't watch it for a couple weeks and then you're crying a little bit because you're thinking about the movie again <laughs> and then you're like I'm gonna cry again when they go see it yeah. and yeah. like you know maybe that night the next night when you're thinking oh my friends at Barbenheimer I gotta text them and we're gonna talk about it or gonna cry a little bit too you know if you want that experience which we all should go watch Barbie yes yeah. This for speaking from personal experience. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, I thought it was kind of subtle. <laughs> it was one of the most important movies of the year. Yes. The decade, uh, as far as cultural impact, as far yes. as what I say. Everyone should see Barbie. It's going to be a good time. It's a fun time. It's the closest thing we've gotten to like an old Hollywood movie in some mm-hmm. time in that it is funny it is sad it has these great big musical numbers oh my god yeah choreographed long shot <laughs> dance scenes it's got practical set it's it's got great effects and again it's got a great message and a lot to say and if you know anyone in your life who could benefit from seeing barbie send them to see it if you don't think they would benefit from barbie send them to see it mm-hmm. because it is important for both women and men and non-binary people trans people to see this movie um, because everyone's represented in it and it it says a lot about where we're at with gender and expression and how we treat each other and what it means to be human and it does complement Oppenheimer in that way because maybe Oppenheimer is a little bit about the horrible things we do to each other whereas Barbie's about what good things we could do for each other and how we can live our lives and love each other and just be us, you know, and be good to each other. Um, So go see Barbie. It's beautiful. 
I think Margot is in for best actress for sure. She gives a stunning performance. America Ferrera is one of my favorite actresses to point out and say, if she is in it, I trust yes. her. Yeah. She will always give an authentic performance. She nothing she says sounds like a lie ever. Nope. She is so honest with her acting and she gives a speech that we just read that Meryl oh Streep yeah. was jealous of. Meryl Streep approved know, it. She approved oh, it. That's crazy. I think Ferreira, I, I'm putting her down for best supporting actress. Absolutely. You know? And I think that's amazing that I can say that. And can I say, can I can I just say I know we're you know talking about this movie and I don't want to like obviously for them like that's great ryan gosling i think he should be supported for best actor like easily oh good what's that oh i was doing my guitar playing no (laughs) (laughs) no but yeah go ahead best director hopefully i mean and not that it's even about the awards i mean really just it's not just just see it it's it's gonna be a great time um that is what i have to say about barbie i want to cry again it was really good Christian, I can't follow that. Jesus, Nick, that was beautiful. Okay. Um, that yeah. it was it, everything that Nick said. I I can't. Um, just on a technical thing. Um, there is some big surprises. Some stuff that we didn't talk about on the last one. I'm very surprised that Mattel like gave the okay on the script because they did not get shine in the best light. Like that was oh. it was really cool. The movie was very like ha ha ha, Mattel and kind of painted them as like the evil yeah. corporation. Yeah, I was talking to me yesterday about that. Yeah, I was I was saying this yesterday. So um, it was an interview, um, Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig, because the, the the interviewer said that it's like, oh, it's crazy that Mattel let you do this, and the two of them were answering, saying like they think that if they didn't do, because they presented the entire movie to them, and they're like, this is what we're doing, and Margot Robbie was saying like, if it was just maybe two or three like crazy things, then they would have been like, no, you're not doing this. But because it, they hit them with so many things just all the way, it was kind of like, okay, okay fine, make your whatever, okay, make a movie, okay. That's like, it, that. it was just overwhelming. They were like, all right, um, you seem to know, okay, you you go make the movie then. <laughs> I think it's it's a gamble on on Mattel's part if you're thinking about it from like a corporate standpoint. But like, I'm so thankful yeah. that they were able to do it because they got to tell like a, a more authentic story this way. Um, you know, that yeah. felt more real. It didn't feel like this corporate like created like, you know it. It, it 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 was very risky to turn it into like this big summer like Ninja Turtles or like you know like a Transformers movie you know what I mean like of course this yeah. is their flagship thing and they they allowed it to be like this very important thing on a societal level you know what I mean like so, yeah. something that like has mm-hmm. a message and that's going to have some stay power you know that's going to stay relevant because of what they were saying uh, for a long time you know what I mean I think this is like immediately become going to become a cult classic. Um, I also don't think they should do a sequel. Like, I hope it doesn't turn into no. that kind of thing. Like, this is a one and done. Like, it's more powerful as a standalone movie, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I also think I I I I would like to think that Birkenstock stocks are going to go like up, <laughs> and like the sales of Birkenstocks are going to skyrocket. 100%. That's really cool. Oh, Cassie, we were shopping for shoes today, and Cassie's like, I think I need some Bir- Birkenstocks. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to invest. So. Um, but uh, no, I'm in the same boat you get. You guys are, you know, like I love the trailer for this movie when it's like, if you love Barbie, this movie is for you. If you hate Barbie, this movie is for you. And they yeah. nailed it right on the head. It's for everybody. And personally, I'm not the type of person to see like, <clears throat> I, 
I think it's cool that, you know, certain people get certain movies targeted toward them. I think that's amazing. But for me, movies are for everybody, right? Like no matter what it is, I don't care if it's Barbie, if it's Oppenheimer, whatever it may be. I feel like movies are, are, are for everyone can enjoy them, right? Like no matter what their target is, like people can enjoy it. And that's what Barbie is. Barbie, you know, there's all these misconceptions and I've seen it. We've seen it online, right? All these stupid, toxic, macho dudes, like pretending like they can't go watch Barbie because it's for quote unquote girls or whatever uh this movie is for everybody and nick has summed it up perfectly if if you have everyone has as women in their life that they care about like go watch this movie like take them to go watch this movie go you know it's it it, it says a lot about our culture in general and i think it says a lot of soup really important things like things that yeah, things that I we should that? It, it, these things too you know? yes. you yes to understand what the and I mean, America for our speech really speaks to what I'm saying is like, yes. men need to hear yes, and see exactly. how these people, these femme presenting people are feeling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's also stuff for them. You know, there's all the can of it all. But it's, yeah. you know, Greta's there's so many horses. Experience. <laughs> so many, so horses. many horses. But like the and I'm, I'm talking so passionately about it because there's this part in the movie and Yam like totally had this visceral reaction to it. And it's like this throwaway line where one of the barbies is like i'm emotional but like i understand that what's the line oh she said oh we're gonna get we can go we're going into we're talking about the movie now so maybe skip this part if you haven't seen it yet yeah like there's a part where it's at the very beginning and the barbie um she's a lawyer and she said i'm emotional and i can't remember the exact line but she's she's emotional and logical and like being emotional doesn't take away from what she is saying and then everyone stands and claps and like every single and like every single because every barbie is saying something like Mm -hmm. that so she's like i'm emotional but that doesn't take away from me being logical because both make me powerful Mm -hmm. and i just relaxed more and more at every word about that one i just wanted to cry like i started to tear up because i'm like oh my god <laughs> like yeah. i like to think i you know I, I i always told myself like i can be emotional it's like that doesn't take away from anything mm-hmm. and unfortunately i will have to convince someone of that every now and then because that's just my life that's just every woman and femme's life and it's like uh, but it's like just seeing all this oh my god when they were accepting the nobel peace prizes and she didn't say like she just said like i she said i deserve this i worked very hard for this mm-hmm. sorry yeah. and i was like oh that's so nice i need to give myself more credit too you do. <laughs> like, 100 time the message i sent earlier in the chat i was like i'm not gonna feel bad about this <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. yeah. No. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is like that experience for me to be able to like not only absorb like the message of the movie and like, you know, obviously I'm not dumb. I'm aware of <laughs> the message, but to like feel like that energy coming off of you and like hearing that, like I really heard that. And it's like those little messages throughout the movie are so freaking important. That's why I think it's genuinely one of the most important movies of this decade. Yeah. You know, it's hilarious. The Ben Shapiro's like his post of like, Oh my God. He forced me to watch this. Like (laughs) he rolled up dressed as Ken. I know he was like, literally, I, I, unintentionally. My team made me come here. I don't want to see Bobby. I wanted to see. 
It's I it's didn't want to see it. Oh my god, you literally brought me a birthday cake and everything. It's like you knew. I mean, I didn't even want it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's so funny how easily threatened us people with fragile masculinity it's, get it's by this movie. Um, there is a line in this night, and to me, it was one of the funniest lines. There's again spoilers. There's a part where they're deprogramming Barbies, and then one of them, she's like. I suddenly am not interested in the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Oh my god! Oh my god! God. I was like, that was beautiful. Like so funny. I was really invested in the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Yeah, not. My reaction was, okay, wait, maybe hold on. I was invested in Barbie. Is invested uh, in the Zack Snyder cut. Yeah, you guys all like. You guys all nailed it on the head. Like America Ferrera, like she's just. I first discovered her on Superstore. I love Superstore. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of my favorite shows. Um, super funny, and she's great in it. And she, like you said, uh, Nika, she just she never just phones in a, a, a performance. She's always fantastic. So, um, so yeah, Barbie, go see it. Go take go take your teenage sons to go see it. Like go take everybody to go see it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like legit. Like seriously, it, it's it's a very important movie that needs to be seen. Um, as we were, uh, me and Cassie were talking about it yesterday. She was, we were talking about the horses and and the the whole thing, and she was like. Were there horses in Oppenheimer? Like, yes, there were horses in Oppenheimer. And they were doing the very cowboy horse thing out in the middle of the desert, being men. Um, Yes. So um, let's move on to Oppenheimer real quick. So for Oppenheimer, actually, we won't get too much into it because we already know what happens. Uh, Oppenheimer, crazy atomic bomb, blows everything up. Hiroshima, really bad, horrible stuff. Um, I think we're all kind of in agreement that it was really well done. You know, Christopher Nolan did a good job making it. Um, So I'm curious with with you guys. if you guys, let's do it this way. Top three Nolan movies of all time. Go. Nickish, what would be your top three Nolan lineup right now? And does Oppenheimer um, crack that top three? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, <laughs> not even, I don't think so. Uh, well, maybe in the future, but not as of now. No. As of now. Um, I'm going to say probably Memento, Dark Knight, and probably Inception. Okay. Uh, yeah. What about you, Christian? Uh, the Prestige is my still is still my favorite. I absolutely oh shit! Really Never mind. Good. I'm looking. <laughs> Prestige uh, over Inception. Yeah. Prestige, I would put as almost like a perfect movie. Like it's just so well yeah. written. It's perfectly directed. Damn. Like the casting was perfect on that. Um, I love the Prestige. Um, I also I, I got to put the Dark Knight on there. It's just mm-hmm. a game changer for me. Um, I don't know. Like, see, it's funny because this is the second World War II movie technically after Dunkirk. Um, you know, like this is the second one. And they're kind of like super opposite because Dunkirk almost functions as like the dialogue is really light in Dunkirk, right? It's a very visual movie. It's a, it's a lot of action. Uh, this is dialogue heavy. So if you don't have that kind of attention span for movies, maybe wait for this to come to streaming because this is all, it's three hours of dialogue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not opposed to that. I remember talking to people and they were talking about like Inglorious Bastards and they're like, that movie's so boring. And I'm like, you go right to hell. I'm yeah. like, dude, because like the first 10 wow. minutes of that movie is so intense. Like, you know, that was my introduction to um, what's his name? Oh my god, I can't think of his name now. Tarantino. No, not Tarantino. The the actor, um, the the German oh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, yeah Christoph like, Waltz. And he was so so incredible. Like, like that that whole thing of like him 
at, at the in the, the French house and everything. Anyway, going back to this, um, it's hard. I love Dunkirk. Um, I also I really like this. I think, like Nick said, I, I think I need a little bit more time with it. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's not a fun movie. Well, what are, like, well, what are you putting at your number three for now? If you had to choose yeah. one right now. Memento is a good one too. Prestige, Dark Knight, Inception, <laughs> Inception, Inception. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you have a top three? Um, no, I have to. to. I yeah. did have to. I, I I was like, oh god, what are all those movies? No, so that's Google fine. Them that's totally quick. fine. No. Um, no, yeah, the Prestige. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Inception is pretty cool. I really like the song Mombasa. Um, that's mm-hmm. my takeaway from Inception. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And um, what was it? And he's dreaming at the end. And yeah. no, that's it. I just like those two movies. Okay. Oh, yeah. and you know, I'm I'm not saying anything bad about Batman. I just, you know, those are movies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I the thing is, I've seen The Dark Knight like fifty <laughs> that's, times. That's I've yeah. it so many times. I can't not put that on my list. Yeah, but Kevin, what Kevin? No. What about you? So yeah, so one thing I do want to say about Oppenheimer, real quick. Uh, me and Nickish were talking about this yesterday about uh, Christopher Nolan writing romance and relationships. Not the best. Not no. the best. Um, I understand that that Oppenheimer and his relationships probably weren't the best either, um, but. Um, Needs a little bit of work on that aspect of things. I think my top three uh, would be Memento. Memento is just one of my all-time favorite movies, just period. It's, it's. I remember seeing that for the first time and just like, what the heck? Like, it blew my mind, like how he edited It's so crazy. Um, so Memento's up there. The Dark Knight, of course. Dark Knight is it's still my favorite superhero movie of all time. And uh, I'm going to have to go with The Prestige. I think yesterday I was trying to figure out what my number three would be. And then you brought up The Prestige. And I was like, yeah, he made that movie. That was yeah. that was a really good movie. I remember that movie came out the same, about the same time. Uh, I don't know. Did you Edward guys Norton win? Yes. The Illusionists mm-hmm. with Edward oh, Norton. Yes. And I, yes. I keep on, I get them confused still. Like, just like, but I mean, uh, The Prestige was a far better movie. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, um going back i do agree i don't think christopher nolan ever writes i think his dialogue is emotionless right like yeah. his a lot of every movie yeah it's cold so yeah. it's just like getting conveying an idea but i think this might have been the most emotional his writing's ever been I, as far I as dialogue. Agree with that. and even then it's still like you know yeah. it's which is kind of saying a lot there <laughs> yeah right so it is um uh, yeah. Nika, should you have any like closing thoughts on oppenheimer you wanted to bring yeah, up yeah i think with oppenheimer my whole thing too is just like i really love the ramp up i was it's very like sorkin style mm-hmm. you know intrigue and writing it's totally as far as world war ii i mean there's a there's been so much said on world war ii for so long you know yeah you you can trip and fall into a new world war ii movie or take you know <laughs> you know um it's interesting you know it is interesting and a lot of the discourse that i've seen is just you know should he have delved more into the effects of the bombs on japan you know is it better that he just kept it with oppenheimer's point of view right i think where i'm landing is that i do think he made the right decision not to uh deviate from oppenheimer's point of view i just wish that we sat more with um that the devastation the film yeah. before immediately jumping into the political intrigue of his life um which was interesting in its own way so i think if christopher nolan was maybe just a little bit more willing to gut punch you know 
a little bit more of the Emily Blunt of it all, where it's like this absolutely deranged relationship, you know, more of the Florence Pugh and the, you know, his his whole, this whole ass gaunt, skinny, weirdo man who decides, you know, he's the one who's going to invent the bomb. It's Maybe wild. it would sit higher, but for now, I'm just going to steep with it, and uh, I'll probably be thinking about it for some time, you know? Yeah. It's just one of those movies. Um, Absolutely. Uh, just like Interstellar's love is the missing element, uh, so some of that final act just didn't hit home with me. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I, 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 again, having this conversation, walking out of the theater, I, I was kind of thinking about the Hiroshima stuff and I wished I was kind of thinking like, I kind of wish they had shown, not shown more of it, but you know, really focused on that aspect more, but same as you, I thought about it over today and, and been like just reading stuff and everything. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like I get why they didn't do that. Right. Yeah. Like it's, I think it would have taken you out of it, you know, and, and, and in, right. in a way, so it was good to stay with him and his emotional reaction that scene in the auditorium when like everyone's like cheering and it's quiet, but then you hear the occasional, like that, like they were jump scares. Like they yeah. were terrifying. Like the sound design the, in this movie, the sound design, <laughs> except for, I mean, you do need subtitles for a lot of these. Yeah, I would kill for subtitles. Oh yeah. my God. And it and was also, so I was bad. telling Yam about this. I think I, this was my example and I'll be really quick about this. No, please. Uh, have either of you seen Ozark? I have not. Wild jump, right? A wild jump. But f- walk with me. And the very first scene of Ozark is, the, and it's a dramatic show. It's a serious show. Mm-hmm. The very first scene is this like stylized depiction, and it's Jason Bateman. He's narrating how to launder money, and he's like explaining in detail. It's the first scene. Great hook. How to launder your money and how he does it. And not only is that a great hook, but it's also functions so that every other thing he says in this fucking show for the next five seasons, I'm going to be like, oh, I know how to launder money. I get that. (laughs) Right. I need diagrams. I need a simple explanation (laughs) or like the big short, you know, I need fucking Margot Robbie to come out and explain to me. This is how fusion and bombs work. Yeah. So that for the next three hours, I'm not listening to Killian Murphy be like. We got the part that does the boo 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 boo. <laughs> and then one of the doctors is like, "It can't be done." And then the other doctor's like, "Damn it, it can be done." And then you're like, "What is it? What can be done?" And then they just do it, and you're like, "I don't." It seems good. Seems good. Right. <laughs> but if maybe I fucking understood how the fucking bomb works, and maybe I'm a dweeb for not knowing how bombs no, work. You know, I think I'm pretty cool. I've read books. And stuff. I still have no idea. It's a movie about theoretical physics. So, like, how much could they possibly explain to the general population? And so, I'm like, like, maybe if more movies just kind of were real quick, like, uh, this is the basis of theoretical physics, real fast. And here we go. And then I'd be like, right, okay, I'm in. (laughs) Otherwise, I I need fucking subtitles and an intermission for when I got to go pee. Yes, I did love that. Go back to Barbie. They did that because there was one scene, an emotional scene where like it, we have there's a narrator, by the way, if you watch, uh, which so is good. awesome. And they're like, oh, what the, what the creators of this movie failed to realize is that the casting of Margot Robbie works against the <laughs> monologue so, that she's making right now. It's right. so funny, like so brilliant. It's so good. Um, it's yeah. so great. Well, cool. Well, 
that's our show, everyone. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, Christian, sorry we didn't get to your San Diego Comic-Con breakdown, but we'll get oh, to yeah, that next week. Time. Also, check out uh, Geek Galaxy with Yam and the Boys. We have a new episode coming out this week. We will, we'll, Christian breaks down a lot more of his Comic-Con stuff. We talk a little, we dive into Oppenheimer a little bit more and Barbie. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun. So go check out that show as well. Um, you can find us all, you know, wherever you find us, if you find us already. If not, well, you know. Yeah. By the way, yeah. for those listening and can't see, these three people can see this gnarly ass watch tan. I'm kind of working on it. Like, can <laughs> this happen now? Like, if I you leave the house screen? without my watch, no, I just have the watch on. So that's oh, crazy. We should, wear, we should wear some sunscreen. Oh, I should. I have a really bad oh, farmer's tan going on because I'm outside like all the same. time. So, like, this heat, oh. like, I take off my shirt and it's like all just like, see that? See that? That's my really I, bad I farmer's tan right there. Too easily. Kevin, do you um, wear sunscreen? I don't. I don't. You I know Cassie gets on me about it too. It's like right here. It's like all like you have to protect your tattoos too. You both I have don't. tattoos. No. Oh yeah, Kevin's got some massive. Some sick guns are being what? shown. Oh yeah, like I'm be like Ken. I was talking to Cassie. I'm gonna start working out whenever I'm talking to her. I'm just gonna be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> what's up, babe? They're like, hey, Cassie. Watch this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Should we close oh. out the show by saying which Barbie side character was our favorite? Yeah, absolutely. Please, let's do it. Um, so yeah, um, before we do that, though, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys for checking out the show. We're going to close it out with who's our favorite and, of course, our favorite tagline. Um, so, Nickish, you go first. Who is your favorite uh, Barbie side character? My favorite Barbie side character was the Ken, the taller Ken, who was constantly following around <laughs> main Ken. He was the one with like the little ice cream and he like pretended to throw up. He's my favorite cat. I loved him so much. He was, yeah. He's played by a very serious actor, Kingsley Benadir, <laughs> who I've seen in so much. I've seen him as like oh, Malcolm X, but that dude rocks. <laughs> he's also going to be Bob Marley coming up. So that's going to be interesting. He's what so a, good. What a yeah. filmography. Yeah. What about um, you, Ian? My favorite. My favorite was um, Shudagatwa and uh, Emma Mackey. And my favorite, I've, I was, I know they're, I knew they were in something together, and I just didn't know, and I was gonna look it up after I watched the movie, and they're, they're both the sex, yeah, they're both the sex. I'm like, oh, they got again, sex education, and they're each other's Ken and Barbie, and my favorite mm-hmm. line from the side Barbies, well, yeah. I have two, it was when he's just like, I miss my friend Barbie, Barbie, and he's gonna be the doctor, and I'm, like, ah! I'm so excited, close. There's only been a close second. It's a tie. It's um President Barbie. Yeah, that's my favorite. And she says she says she says motherfucker. Issa Ray. Yeah, yeah. Feels great. Fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah. Every every line that comes out of through Issa Ray's mouth in that movie is hilarious. Exactly. So good. Yes. Love Issa Ray. Yeah. They can do no wrong. Yeah. yeah. What about How about you, you Christian? Christian? It's President Barbie. That's what I was gonna say. President, President Barbie too. Barbie. Issa Ray for for sure. Um, there's so many like good performances. Also, like a lot of people that were like, "Wow, you kind of have a really small part," considering, um, like both Oppenheimer and Barbie. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Issa Rae was uh, of the side characters my favorite. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge I'm a big fan of Alexandra Ship. I don't know if you, but she uh, she's in uh, Love Simon and she's in Tick Tick Boom and she was the writer Barbie and this, she's the one who got the Nobel oh, Prize. Nice. Um, I, I love her. Storm in the X Men movie. She's Storm. Yes, she's yes. Storm too in the 
That's how yeah, unnerdy I am. Oh, I, she's I totally forgot she was even in that. Um, but Those like, movies I, don't count. yeah, she's Storm too. And she, I, I just think every time she shows up, like she's just so good in everything. And I thought her role in this was hilarious too. So yeah, go check out Barbie. Let us know what you guys think. Check out Oppenheimer. Let us know what you think. And until next time, stay nerdy, America. Bye-bye. <laughs>